Welcome to the Saints Crown Show. This is a show for men who want to grow. In a world where confusion is the culture and passivity is the practice, we exist to take men from gaining massive clarity to taking massive action. Because we believe that if we can help bring order to your life, you can bring order to your world. Welcome back to the Saints Crown Show. I'm your host, Zachary Reed, and I'm here with co-founder Preston Woody. Hello. And I'm so excited for this episode because we've been hinting at it, we've been talking about it, and now it's time to dive into it, and that is the four roles of a man. The excitement around this, Zach, <laughs> is explosive. And and so that's often in our language about certain roles men have, and whenever I'm talking about it in everyday life or with a client or with someone casually speaking and they ask what are the four roles of a man i have to yeah. i have to pause and say do you really want to know <laughs> do you really want to talk about this yeah. because once we start it's explosive and once you get this frame of understanding your your the way that you view masculinity can never be the same yeah i feel like every um man that i've had the opportunity to either coach or lead through something anytime I'm able to introduce them to the framework and then correlate the situation that they're walking through mm. directly to a attribution or character trait of one of the roles, it's like, yes, like it's like a light bulb moment goes off Yes, and they can have clarity yes. around that. Yes. And, and some will ask like, is this, is this new how you come up, come up with this? This is actually nothing new. It's actually an ancient framework. Mm an ancient framework that has been abdicated and lost. And so the, the idea behind the four roles of a man is we have everyone asking today, who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Okay. And when men ask, okay, if you don't know who you are, then you don't know why you exist. If you don't know why you exist, you're not going to know what to do or how to live properly. And you're going to end up in this life filled with meaninglessness and confusion mm. and, and just sampling and trying things, trying to see what sticks. This, this provides a framework, but the better, better question to, to, to ask is not who am I, but what is my role? Mm. What is my role in my existence? Because the answer of who am I is you are a man. Yeah. The answer, what does it mean to be a man? Well, what it means to be a man is to take on the responsibility of the four, I believe, divinely, providently given roles of who a man is and who a man is supposed to be. Oh, I'm excited. Let's dive into it. <laughs> well, excellent. So in context of masculinity, uh, a man has four roles, okay? Four roles that are roles of health. And when a man is operating in these roles, his life prospers and flourishes, and there's meaning, um, meaning in his life and those around his life. But if you're not operating in those roles, there are shadow roles, that you will begin to operate in as default. So let's jump in. Yeah. The first role is the role of the king. Mm. Now, what is the role of the king? The king's core desire is two things. It's both a need of chaos and order. Okay. The, ki the role of the king is to bring order where there is chaos, yeah. to br to what, what, what's the idea of bringing order? The king is like bringing the pot 
to the plant so that the plant can flourish and create something beautiful. That's the idea behind order. So the king has to have a sense of order on the inside before he can bring order to his external world. Mm. Oftentimes men try to bring order in their external world without having order internally. And what yeah. they end up bringing, bringing is tyranny and control, yeah. right? So you have to be able to lead from and bring uh, from what's already in motion on the inside. Now that's, that's the role of the kings. The king, his divine gift is to be able to provide. And that's what the king does. He provides, whether it's provides structure, knowledge, understanding, um, a safe place, sustenance. That's what the king does. And and a man, if you if a man doesn't feel like they are provide providing, they're going to naturally feel less of a man. Mm-hmm. So when you cut a man down, and take away his ability to provide, he is he is going to feel out of alignment because it's his divine responsibility. So when you're when you're a king, uh, I talked about chaos and this idea of chaos and order. Is yes, the king brings order, but the king also needs chaos. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, what do you mean a king needs chaos? It's like just because there's chaos in your life doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It means you're supposed to bring that be there to bring order to it. So as, so if you're in a place where you everything is organized and set up and perfect on the bookshelf, then you're in this environment of extreme order where you're going to f- begin to feel this sense of meaninglessness. Yeah. And lethargy. You're going to feel out of alignment with your your mission. Why? Because you you're you aren't facing the chaos and expanding your borders. And, and that's the responsibility of the king. I remember um, in, in 2020, I, I felt like the Lord speak to me, my creator speak to me. I was asking, uh, it was in shifting of, of careers and direction, God, what do you want for me? And I spent 40, 40 hours um, in the wilderness, no, no phone, uh, no food, uh, nothing, just to get crystal clear in this time, time of sobriety. And I felt my creator say to me, get, bring order to your soul. And bring order to your house, and then you can go bring order to the world. Mm. There's a progression of things. And oftentimes we see in our culture leaders trying to bring order that are living from a place of chaos. Like ex- like a leader bringing, trying to yes. bring order externally before they've done it internally. So you see this. I feel like you see this a lot even in church ministry where you have uh, – like a pastoral family that is seen as having so much order externally towards the leadership that they're putting out, but then internally the family unit is like a disaster. I think so. I think so. And I think a prime example is an individual by the name of Karl Marx, Mm. the originator of Marxism, socialism, communism, where that, that birthplace of it, where he articulated a new world order when his life was in shambles. Yeah. He was dependent financially on his on his father, he couldn't support his family. His values were out of alignment. His 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 kids um, didn't respect him and wanted to completely go against his philosophy. His marriage fell apart. And so this was a man that was living a life of chaos, trying to conceive and fix the world with a new order. Yeah. When he had no order in his life himself. So good. So what happens if you're not operating as the king? You're going to default mm-hmm. into what we call shadow types. Mm-hmm. That you're either going to operate in the 
passive shadow type, which is the puppet. Yeah. The puppet is one who is being controlled by someone else. You're going to be passive. You ever, if you've ever seen the movie Braveheart, the, the print, the, uh, there's King Longshanks, who on the other end wouldn't be the puppet. He would be the tyrant. Mm. And we see the, the puppet prince, right, who is going along with his father's whim, and he just wants to please everybody. Yeah. But yet we have the tyrant on the other side who is controlling, trying to control the lineage and the offspring of, of uh, the Scots and to impose his dominion and rule. And we have, I think, the best picture of the king would be William Wallace, who, you know, at the beginning of the story with his uncle goes to Rome to learn and structure and order his life and then returns back to Scotland to help bring order for the Scots and overthrow tyranny. So if you, so we have a lot of men that are operating as a puppet, which yeah. is being controlled by someone else. Yes. And that's your mask. Your what you're doing is you're pacifying, or a tyrant. If you're controlling the outcomes. I'm even thinking about this. Is so good. I'm even thinking about how you could be imbalanced in these in different aspects of your life. Mm. So like you could be in more of a passive role of a puppet in your marriage, for instance, and then be a controlling tyrant leader because there's a lack of balance in your relationship. And so now there's like an offset of that in your leadership. Does that mm. make sense? I think so. Where it's like, it could, it's almost like it can affect different areas without you being just a tyrant or just a puppet in all areas. If we take, I think to your point, if you take the historical count of King Ahab of Israel and Jezebel, yeah. that was exactly that. We yeah. had Ahab as externally a conquering warlord, but internally he was the puppet of his controlling wife, yeah. Jezebel. It's good. So it can express itself in different ways. Yeah. But there was, was there any flourishing under his reign? No. There was famine, pestilence, and intense sorrow. Nothing yeah. could grow and flourish. That's even symbolic of what, what Elijah prophesied is that there will be no rain mm. because he was, he was a puppet tyrant. Yeah. Mm. What are some of the characteristics of a king? I think we can identify a king by his depth of presence, mm. his capacity to be present in the moment. We have, we have a culture that is so distracted, right, that the value of presence has been minimized. Mm. The capacity to sit in a moment eyeball to eyeball and to be fully in the moment physically, yes. psychologically, mind, heart, and spirit to be able to sit with your children and not be thinking about the next thing that you're doing or what you have to do or the text that are coming through, but to be in that moment, look, yeah. your, your, look your baby in the eyes and to smile and to play and to be there. I remember one of the most riveting moments of, of my life was when my, my baby was born, Olivia, when she was just six weeks. I remember holding her on the couch and, and, and I, and I pulled out my phone to answer a few messages and, and as, and, and I was looking through my phone and, and I felt a little hand on my phone, on my hand that was holding the phone began to move to the left. <laughs> and, and then I, I looked at, I looked at Olivia and, and then I, I just 
didn't quite phase me, pulled my phone back out, was going to finish my message right then. Again, <laughs> she began to push my hand. Oh, because That's at wild. six weeks old, she understood and realized and comprehended that her father was there but wasn't really there, mm. right? So there wasn't a consistency. Your depth of presence, I think, is your greatest gift of, as a king because it's a mirror to the outside of order on the inside. Mm. You can't fully be present in a moment when you're in this internal chaos and confusion and indecision. Yes. And that's the gift of the king. And ultimately, I feel like that <clears throat> fuels the characteristic of being a father mm. Mm. Um, because you can have a father and still have an absent father. Yes. Um, because of the distractions. So yes. it's so good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, and that really is the, the, the symbol of, of the King is the, the symbolic of the father. Mm. I love it. What, what if we had to give a symbol to symbolize the role of the king, what would that be and what does it represent? I think I think I see the the king as the lion in context of his the lion is still. The lion isn't rushing. Like you see I ever seen a bird walk around, mm. right? And how it's just fleeting in zigzag directions almost like it's confused as to where it's going. That's how <laughs> most people live and operate yeah. from thing to thing. But a lion is stoic, is calm, is very intentional with his gaze yeah. in the direction that he's looking. He's not expending energy on things that are going to make him weaker. But yet, just because he's still doesn't mean he's not powerful. Mm. And, uh, and I think that that would be the best example. And that, I think we should jump into the warrior now. Let's do it. So role number two would be the role of the warrior. The warrior. And what does the warrior need? The war, like the king needs chaos and order, right? And, and his gifts bring order. The warrior needs both resistance and breakthrough. Mm. Resistance and breakthrough. So if, if, you, if a man doesn't have something of resistance they're going to feel a sense of meaninglessness. Yeah. Resistance is not bad. Resistance is good, which is to say a man needs a mission to be on. Yeah. If you don't have a mission, you're going to manufacture one in Call of Duty or sports. You're going to manufacture resistance yeah. in the line at a, at a football game. Like, Just think about the man's desire for resistance and breakthrough. Like That moment, that crescendo in, in football when the when the the uh when someone with a ball breaks through the line yeah. and the entire cr the 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 crowd begins to roar it's that feeling of breakthrough mm. right a man needs that feeling of resistance and breakthrough and if you don't find it in a healthy way you're going to manufacture it in an unhealthy way what does that look like oftentimes in most men because they're not facing the responsibility of resistance externally they're going to manufacture it internally and a lot of times it looks like pornography mm. it's a it's a manufacturing of build, of getting this resistance and getting that release of breakthrough and finding something uh, internal or with with video games and the idea behind it is if you're not engaging in it you're going to manufacture it mm. and even in, in more assertive personalities like the so the warrior that one of the shadow types is the mercenary is if you aren't in a 
healthy conflict externally, you're going to manufacture conflict. Mm. You are going to create problems where you are because you aren't facing the problems that you should be facing. So there's the mercenary who is on the controlling side. So if you're not operating in the war, you're going to shift into the, either the controlling side as the mercenary, and that's how you have someone that's maybe more on the side of chauvinistic and domineering, or the rogue mm. who is much more passive, and conflict avoidant, and their kind of desires to self, self-preserve wherever and wherever they can. Hmm. I'm thinking about uh, what you were saying with video games and i'm thinking about how even in the context of a video game it's this constant um these resistant related scenarios Mm -hmm. that you're constantly having to fight through and ultimately either constant killing or taking down or things like that and and it's interesting to me that how that could almost even birth inside of you a controlling mm. mercenary approach to life where now you're seeing fits of anger and outrage. Mm. And because all you're training yourself to do through the process of playing these video games where you're killing and tacking and going is like that's how you're approaching mm. 99% of your situations because that's what you're pre-programming your brand, your, your brain to receive those as. Hmm. Hmm. I certainly see that. Yeah. I certainly, of, of programming yourself in that way. Yeah. And, and, and the reason we go into it is it's a abdication of real responsibility. Yeah. And, and so how do you know, you identify the King by his depth of presence, but what we identify the warrior for his capacity for conflict. Mm. I think a lot of men today have a low capacity for healthy conflict. Yeah. What does that actually mean like mean yeah. to go in and face and engage in conflict? Our pastor talks about the difference between a peacekeeper and um and a peacemaker. And a peacemaker, yeah. right? So what is that what is what is that difference? The the peacekeeper uh, settles for artificial harmony. Mm. The peacemaker is willing to engage in healthy conflict yes. for the sake of true peace. And I think that's the responsibility for the warrior is you want peace. Yeah. You want it. Well, and it seems like too, um, I, I think you could toss back and forth between these two shadow types easily mm. because we're, we're wanting to avoid conflict And then because we're not working through healthy levels of conflict, when times are good, when bad times happen, Mm. then it causes you to get into a controlling thought process on the opposite end of that. Mm. So because we're avoiding conflict, when conflict is absolutely necessary, it can almost cause you to completely go off the the Mm. loose end um, because you're not used to that healthy level of engaging in conflict. Mm. So working on things when times are easy so that when times are hard, yes, you've been working on it so you have a firm foundation. Yes. I, I've heard it said better to be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener at war. Yeah. Is, is, war isn't the purpose, but to have the capacity for it. Mm. Excellently articulated. Next role is the role of the poet. Yeah. The poet. Talk to me about... 
your ideas of the role of the poet? Uh, so what I've learned uh, having embraced this role mm. recently is that this is the role where you are cultivating beauty, mm. where you are intentionally loving, where you are uh, creating meaning to things. So you're bringing meaning to everyday situations. So something I'm thinking about is when we um, when we did our very first wilderness experience, you were so good at every challenge and obstacle and everything that we were doing. You were always asking us, what does this mean? What does mm. this represent? And I had never thought about doing that just in normal life. Like, okay, the situation happened. What does this mean? Like, mm. what is the meaning that I'm assigning to it? Because I think if you don't assign a meaning to it, then it's really easy to slip into a mindset of really playing that victim card yes. or like, oh, all this stuff is happening to me. Yes. Or being like, no, like, what does this mean? What, yes. is, what am I supposed to get from yes. this? And how can I cultivate yes. this environment, even if the circumstances don't necessarily reflect that? Hmm. And so um, something I've learned, too, is that like the uh, the gift of the poet is to play. Yes. And to have fun and yes. like celebrate and, yes. and, and and focus on like the wins of that. And so I'm a little bit more of a serious person. Yes. Uh -huh. And so this has been one I've really had to lean into of mm. like, okay, uh, you know, in the last episode I shared my story. So a lot of the things that I've walked through, I now like something I've been I've been kind of chewing on recently is I have to replace what I used to find as fun mm. with new levels of fun mm. because that's the desire inside of the yes. poet yes. is to have fun. Right. And if your fun used to be in sin and drinking and mm. you know, all of these things, yes. then you have to find new forms of fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because yes. you have to find meaning in the things that you're walking through. Mm. So mm. that's what it means to me. And it's liberating to know that to be masculine is to have the capacity to play. Yeah not to be extremely stoic and walled off, yeah. but to be able to as, as, assign meaning to something. So we, we climbed up this, this mountain and we asked the question, you know, what, what did this, what did this mean? And, and as, as we, what did this mean? And after we just go through this, this, you know, challenging experience and some of the guys began to tear up when they began to articulate what the mountain represented. He said, before I articulated this, my legs just hurt. But now yeah. I conquered something in my life. Yeah. Same thing with like lifting weights or working out is you're either just hurting your body or you're getting stronger. Yeah. Like that is the gift of the poet that to take noise and turn it into music. Yes. Like to take words, turn it into poetry. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what really brings, uh, I think, meaning to life and uh, the capacity to play. Can you uh, break down even just as your role as a father, mm. what introducing play mm. into like even your dynamics with your kids, yeah. just what does that look like from a father's perspective? I'm a believer that play in, in within the family structure is the responsibility of the father. Yeah. And so a lot of a, a lot of women will think, you know, I'm not I'm good at nurturing, but I'm not good at playing. Mm. Like, 
well, you, it's good that you play, but that's not necessarily your responsibility. Mm. Like you're, the responsibility of the father is to teach the kids what it means to enjoy life and to play. Mm. And so what it looks like is, you know, I'm coming home at the end of the day. I'm not coming home to let down. I'm coming home to play. Like it's playtime. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're throwing off the bags. I'm throwing <laughs> the kids on the couch and we're going to town. Like yeah. we're, I'm either dancing with Olivia or sword fighting with Elijah. It's, it's, it's dad's attention and focus and energy. And, and I want them to know that I'm there. I remember growing up, my dad gave me that gift. Mm. He worked a lot and I admired him for the capacity in which he worked, but I never felt like he was absent because he of the way he played with us. Mm. I remember hearing the garage door open and being so excited because I knew dad was going to come find us. Yeah. And he was going to come throw my brother and I around the room <laughs> in the most <laughs> loving possible way. Yeah. And we were so excited. Yeah. Uh, there's something that, um, that imparting, you're a responsibility to impart play to mm. those in and around and about you. Uh, and, and it's in those moments where life is tense. Yeah. It's the capacity to crack a joke. And to lighten everything and have up. fun and to have fun and enjoy enjoy the view on the way up yes yeah mm-hmm. i feel you on that because i think uh kind of being more of a intellectual in my mind kind of sometimes quiet more reserved mm-hmm. um it's it's challenging to to not challenging it's something i'm leaning into where it's like hey let's pause Let's celebrate like where we're at. Yes. Like we just accomplished this thing. Like yes. let's have some fun for a second. Um, it's important. Like yes. you have to be able to celebrate the things mm. on the way up. Mm. Um, otherwise, you're gonna miss it. Yes. And you just get to the top, and you're like, oh man, what did we? Yes. What did we just do? Well, that's you know? life, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's life. It's that's where we get meaning from. Because we can have success, but without significance and meaning. I mean, is wouldn't I would almost say that success without significance is ultimate failure. Yeah. Because we see so many people who reach the top. Yeah. And we find them hanging from a noose. Yeah. Or overdosed because they achieved all the success, but they were empty of significance. Yes. That's good. So that's a responsibility of a man, I think, to bring bring uh, meaning where there is suffering. Let's talk about the the shadow types. I don't think we highlighted the shadow types on this one. Well, um, these are interest interesting. Yeah. There's the controlling shadow type of if you're not operating as the um, the the poet, then you'll be operating as the controlling, which is the playboy. Mm. Now that that is the controlling aspect, which is manipulation and to yeah. take. On the other end, you have the addict, which is avoidance of all suffering. Like instead yeah. of putting suffering bringing meaning to suffering, you're going to avoid suffering and you're just trying to escape. Mm. So we have the mm. addict as one who might be engaging in substance abuse, numbing yeah. and the playboy who may be going out and causing that to other people. Yeah. So we have like the womanizer on the playboy side and the porn addict, you know, on the, on the other side and whatever substance that we choose to insert there. But that, but that's all because of a abdication of the responsibility of the poet of bringing meaning where there is suffering. Yes. Okay. Mm. All right. The last role, this one's my favorite because this is my primary mm. masculine edge that yes. I've come to learn yes. and understand. And that is the role of the priest. Role of the priest. Yeah. A beautiful, a beautiful role. And yeah. one of the most over, one of the most overlooked, I think, 
As, as men, we have a responsibility to take on the role of the priest. And what is the priest responsible to do? The priest is responsible to bring understanding where there is mystery. Mm. The world is filled with confusion. And it's the responsibility of the priest to dive in and to carve out and articulate what the truth actually is. From yeah. the priest, you can hear the truth because the priest, even in, 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 uh, in the ancient world, was the one who would go and face God and come and share what God said to the people, the revealer of the mysteries of heaven to bring that sort of understanding, to bring truth. And it's the responsibility of the man to bring that spiritual alignment to their family, to their yes. household, and to the environments that they walk in, I think. Yeah, and the shadow types of the priest is you have the wanderer, yes, um, and then you have the showman. So with this one, with the primary focus being mystery and understanding, the showman will take the knowledge yes. and the wisdom and yes. all of the thought processes of the world. Yes. And now it's the Zach show, the look at me, mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you all of these things that I know. Yes. And almost making that the God yes. that you're seeking mm. versus the balance of it would be to be a priest first to the Lord. Yes. Um, first before you yes. do anything. And then the wanderer, it's interesting because obviously in our society and culture, new age and witchcraft yes. and all this kind of stuff is like at an all time high. Mm. Um, and it's interesting when you look at it from this perspective, like this lens, because there is a desire inside of us for mystery and understanding. Mm. And so if you're not seeking after the Lord, then you'll naturally wander into mm. a direction of witchcraft, which is counterfeit power. Mm. It's counterfeit love. Mm. It's counterfeit knowledge and understanding. Mm. And I think it's interesting that even the first sin recorded in the Bible was when Adam and Eve ate mm. the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Mm. So it's this, it's, it's this understanding that there's something greater yes. than the relationship with God. It's mm. this other piece of information or wisdom that you need yes. when really all we need is our relationship with the Lord. Yes. You couldn't have articulated that better. I think the, between the wanderer and the showman, the, show, the priest needs mystery and understanding, yes. but the showman wants you to know that he understands. Yes. And you can often tell a showman by someone who's saying, I know, I know. I know. You tell them things. I know. They're like the I know people. Yeah. You know any I know people? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, you don't want to tell I them anything. I was that person for a minute. <laughs> because their favorite phrase is, I know. Like, yeah. they're puffed up. Yeah. Yet on the wanderer side is they're obsessed with mystery. Mm. So they, they never get to the understanding point because things become so relative, like you talked about. Yeah. They dive into the mystery and feeling like understanding more will get them to a place of confidence and competence. Uh, when, when they're unwilling to settle for truth, mm. so that's why the role of the priest is is so important. A priest needs yeah. a creator to seek, yeah. and the priest is also known by his quality of wisdom, mm. not his projection mm. of knowledge like the showman, yeah. uh, but the quality and the depth of his wisdom, and that's and that's the person that you that people tend to come to with 
questions. Yes. Yeah, because I think the heart posture of it is I don't know all of the answers, yeah. but I know the one who does have the answers. Yes. And and having that teachable and humble heart mm -hmm. of not being a showman like you think you know it all, but actually we're going to go seek the Lord on whatever it may be, and yes. we're going to get his heart and his perspective and his wisdom on it because yes. he's the creator of all things anyway. Mm. And I think a lot of people, it's easy to operate from your own place of knowledge or like your own wisdom rather than going to the ultimate creator first mm. and just mm. starting there. Yeah, well, it's our default. Yeah. And I think that the, I think that the roles must be chosen because I don't think that we're going to fall into them. We have to choose them. Yeah. We have to choose to operate in them. Yes. Otherwise we'll fall into the default and all of the roles that we talked about. It's, it's not, someone might ask, well, I'm just, I'm just a King. It's like, no, in order to be balanced and full as a man in your core, you have to take ownership and take on every single role. Mm. And what does it mean to be the king? Ultimately, that's a symbol of the role of the father yeah. we talked about. Yeah. Is every man has a responsibility to a degree to be a father, whether or not you have children. It's bringing people up and leading them. Yes. The role of the of the warrior is synonymous with being a brother. Yeah, as fighting people that you're willing to fight for. With yeah, for and with yes, and the uh, the role of the poet is synonymous of the role of the lover. Mm. Is is you have to have something in someone to love mm. in, in order to be balanced. And then finally, the role of the priest is that role of the son. In order to be a good father, lover, brother, you must first be a good son mm. and have that connection with your creator and the understanding and confidence of that and the willingness to constantly and continuously go back to your father yes, to seek out the mysteries so that you can bring understanding to your world. So I feel like some people may naturally be thinking like, this is great. I can identify with a lot of these. I think I love that you brought clarity to the point that every man encompasses all four roles of the, like all four of the roles. Um, but how can someone uh, understand their their edge like their masculine edge like the primary roles that they operate in and like how would someone go about learning more about implementing this into their life you know in the groups that we we work together on is is we began to come up with simple application of mm -hmm. identify like such as and you can even do this now identify the role that you're doing well in and a yeah. role that you're not doing well in and what, what can you practically do to develop yourself? Or just get crystal clear and, and write yourself, you know, one to 10, how well you're doing, what you need to do different. And so we began to apply this and get great results yeah. time after time of going through this process with, with groups of men. And, and then finally, this was actually what you brought up as I had taught it and for, for one, uh, for a, I think the final session that we were going through together. And you said, what would it look like to turn this into an assessment mm. where someone can go through and check up, ask a, a bunch of questions, check a bunch of answers to the questions and figure out where am I and get a custom based result on who you are and what that actually looks like. And what does that do when you receive that information? Hmm. 
What does that do for you? I, th- I think w- what it's already done for me, because we, yeah. to- we put this together and we've, we brought a group of men uh, through this process, is what it does is it brings a sense of alignment, yeah. a framework of where to build. What this is, is it's a framework yeah. more than anything. And it's the ancient framework of what it means to be a man. Yes. So now you don't need to build thinking that you have the wrong blueprint. You can build being confident that this is the right blueprint. And what I built here is going to have integrity. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, it's it has allowed me to see how in the different roles of life, um, whether it be who I am as a roommate at home mm. or as a brother to family um, or friends, like it's given me a grid and a language and a framework, like you mm-hmm. said, to understand when, where, and how mm. to operate in these specific roles. Yes. Um, and so it's brought a lot of, I think, just clarity yes. to how to operate more effectively yes. Yes. as a man yes. in life. You know, and that's, that's interesting is identifying also what role you have an edge in. Yeah. And, and not that the rest of the roles are, we're throwing those away, but knowing, you know what, I have a great edge in the poet and I can do this better than most people in this context. And this is what I can bring to the table. Yeah. And I think there's power in that. And also choosing and building your relationships out of men who have strengths in other roles that you may not necessarily have. Yes. Yes. That's powerful. And like, I know for me, when I realized oh, my primary role as a man that I bring into meetings and conversations and everything is the role of the priest. Yes, And so um, it's been life-changing to then stop and look back at life and see all of these moments where it's like, oh yeah, that's what I was doing and I didn't even realize that was... That was what I was bringing to that conversation or situation. Yes, it provides language to do what you were born to do. Yeah, that's so good. Mm. So what would you say is the main, what can someone do right now to implement, learn, understand more about this? Like what is the main uh, takeaway for, for men who are listening to this, what's the next step for them? I would do I would do two like two things for right now. First thing you you want to do is identify, okay, what role resonated the most with you? Like yeah. that is really me and how I operate at my best, and um, learn everything that you can about it. And then secondly, what what is the shadow role that you you yes. lean into? Yes. And the be- the reason we call them shadow roles is they have power because the lights are off. Mm. When you turn the lights on, the shadow begins to get weaker. Yeah. And you can turn the lights on and I, and realize, Hey, I do operate as a addict or a tyrant in this context. And even when the next time that you do, you, you flare up and get all controlling with your wife and you reflect after that. Wow. I was just operating in my shadow role. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and understand the reason why you did that. Then you have, you have context for why you do what you do. Then you can make uh, adjustments and changes. And That's then good. the best thing I think that you can do is to, take this masculine role assessment so that you can gain massive clarity on who you are as a man so that you can bring order to your internal life. So then you can then go bring order to your world. Beautiful. I love it. Hmm. Well, I think we did the right thing. I do too. 
I, I feel like uh, we have a better understanding of that. And I think um, the assessment is an amazing tool where literally in like less than five minutes, you can get a better understanding and clarity um, on those things. And so I'm excited to see just like we did in our men's group and the wilderness experience, the transformation that occurs when you have more understanding and clarity of what's happening around you. And I'm excited to see even just the people who are listening to this or watching this, the transformation that they're gonna experience when they're reviewing the assessment results. So it's gonna be great. That it will. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for watching. Tune in uh, next time. See you. Thanks. See you then. Thank you for investing in yourself with us. And if you feel like, hey, I found my tribe right now, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Also, you can go ahead and take your masculine role assessment, or you can just find us on social media at Instagram at saints.crown. I hope to see you soon.